Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The news out of Ukraine seems to change by the minute. But there are some important questions that are staying the same throughout this whole process. Many of those questions are around what the U.S. should do, how the world should respond to Russia. And what does that mean for possible future conflicts in other places around the world? Time to get beyond the headlines. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. We are keeping uh, up to the minute with what is taking place. It's about 10 o'clock p.m. in Ukraine. And, of course, the nights have been the moments where Russia has uh, inflicted the most damage uh, in terms of a lot of those rocket uh, attacks and uh, other things as they try to march their way towards the capital of Kiev. And we're going to keep our eye on all of those. The resistance, of course, uh, has been much stronger than anticipated. Uh, There was just a uh, briefing by the Pentagon uh, and the Defense Department uh, talking about uh, that the fact that they anticipate that Russia will continue to learn from the mistakes they've made thus far in this battle and that that will continue to change and cause them to evolve as, as things move along. So we'll continue to follow all of those pieces of the puzzle. We'll bring you any breaking news uh, as we follow all of that. But we want to go to some of these questions, some of the underlying questions of how we got here, what we could have done what we should do now and more importantly what do we do next uh, what does this mean for future activities and how do we deal with russia and china and others moving forward and so i want to go to senator ben sass republican from nebraska he gave an interview to cnn uh, over the weekend uh, and what he laid out in terms of things that we should be thinking about and should be talking about uh, is still relevant and i think an important talking point for us as we try to explore how we got where we are, but more importantly, what do we do moving forward? He started out by outlining what is really needed in Ukraine. Yeah, we, we need more intel, more defense spending and weapons, uh, more and faster sanctions, and more clarity about who the oligarchs are who are propping up uh, Putin's failed regime. So um, at the intel level, first of all, let's praise the U.S. intelligence community for having done really good work to take away any fake moral veneer the liar Putin was going to put over his plan to invade uh, a peaceful neighbor that wasn't threatening him. And so the U.S. intelligence community, community has done really good work to date 
there's a lot more to do. Mm -hmm. We should be supplying tactical information on the intelligence level uh, to the Ukrainian troops and to the Ukrainian resistance so they can kill invading Russians. Senator Sass then said that we should sanction Putin and his family, uh, making those things that did start to take place over the weekend. Uh, and he was very quick to, to point out, and I think this is so vital, uh, that our enemy is not the Russian people. It's the corruption at the top uh, where the problem lies. And we should, in addition to sanctioning him, we should have a massive information operation. He does lying all the time. We should do truth-telling. The Russian people need to understand how much money Putin and his buddies have stolen from them. Our, our enemy here is not the Russian people. It's the corruption at the top of that regime uh, that is invading a peaceful neighbor. I mean, Putin is, is evil, um, and he has will, and he has weapons, and there's no freedom for the American people to believe we can just look the other way and pretend that this isn't happening. I agree with Senator Sass that uh, truth-telling is a big part of this, and that has to go throughout Europe, and it has to go right into the heart of Russia, that they have to understand uh, what that is. And uh, and this is clearly one of those where Vladimir Putin is calling good evil and evil good, and he's talking about he's, you know, he's not invading anybody. He's just trying to keep the peace. He's just trying to be helpful. Uh, and and the only way you battle that is you have to have this moral judgment in terms of what is truth. And part of it is, is we have to do that and figure out ways uh, to get that information inside of Russia so the Russian people can see and sense and know that for themselves. But then we also have to make sure that our leaders continue to call out what it is and to call out the truth in terms of what is happening and what Vladimir Putin is doing. I was a little surprised, to be honest, that uh, President Biden didn't say anything over the weekend, Uh, that, again, it was the leaders of other nations that were coming out and and that the U.S. was following. And and while I understand this uh, desire to lead from the middle or lead from the back, uh, I I don't know that that's going to cut it long term. It might be okay for the short term, uh, but I think this is a time for the president to speak up. Uh, There's a lot of things he can say. And even if he's just reiterating, this is where we are. This is the truth. This is what we know. This is why all of these nations are coming together in unique and extraordinary ways. And the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, needs to lead in that space. And we do have to call that out. Now, in uh, Senator Sass's interview, uh, he went out, uh, he went through and looked at uh, the president's been very clear in terms of not sending troops on the ground into Ukraine And Senator Sass talked about that in terms of why that is, what that looks like, and what that actually means. I think it's pretty clear um, that there aren't going to be any U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine. There's lots of mistakes that we as a nation have made over the course of the last 20 years. Obviously, you can go back to the Budapest memo where we uh, told the Ukrainians, hey, give away your nukes and we'll help get we, the U.S. and Europe and even China, frankly, said we'll help guarantee your territorial sovereignty. There were a lot of mistakes made long ago where our word wasn't kept. But if we just want to focus it on the last seven or eight years uh, since 2014 when Putin shot down a civilian airliner and when he uh, took Crimea and then in you know yep. that, that had the predicate of 2008 Georgian invasion 2004 poisoning of his political opponents so those are all crucial things to to lay out and I appreciated the fact that Senator Sass pointed those out because those were mistakes made by both Republicans and Democrats sitting in the White House and in Congress. And it's important to, to call that out, say, hey, we got that wrong. 
uh, or that the world promised Ukraine that if Ukraine would give up their nuclear weapons, that, that they would be watched out for. And that, that promise has not been kept. Uh, and so I think that's an important part of this beyond the headlines conversation we're having uh, is there are a lot of things that we missed and messed up uh, in terms of how this process has rolled out and uh, what we haven't called out. Uh, interesting that Senator Sass went all the way back to uh, the poisoning of political opponents, uh, things that we know happened and that were uh, at the feet of the uh, the Kremlin. Uh, the final part I want to get to with Senator Sass today was his conversation uh, where it ended, which was by pointing out that uh, President Xi of China is using the Russian attack to analyze what a war with Taiwan and and uh, what that might look like, not just in terms of Taiwan, but how the rest of the world might respond. That Russia, as you know, has 11 time zones, and they were able to move their military from the Far East to Belarus so they could invade from the North because she wants to see the U.S. Um, humiliated. He wants to see Europe destabilized. He wants to push and prod uh, at, at what a cyber hybrid war looks like and see whether or not the U.S. and the West have will because he's using Russia as a scout team offense for his plans to seize Taiwan. We need to demonstrate not only to Putin, but we we need to demonstrate to she that there's stuff we believe in and that right now that means putting our money where our mouth is and yeah. having President Biden send up an emergency defense supplemental so that we can adequately arm mm. the Ukrainians. All right. So there's some interesting things in there from Senator Sass. Uh, one that we really have to understand and know that part of what the Chinese want is for us to be humiliated and to see what a battle looks like and how that plays out. So don't think for a minute that China's just standing back. Uh, they're, they're watching very closely in terms of what happens, what doesn't happen, where the pain points are, where the struggles are, how much support the American people have. He, he's analyzing all of that uh, because it becomes his calculus in terms of doing things as it relates to Taiwan. And so as we look at all of this, there's so much more that we will dive into throughout the show today. Uh, But we're trying to get past just the headline component of this and look at what's lying underneath. There's some surprising things. There's some surprising points of optimism where we should be hopeful. And there's just some things that should really worry us. And we're going to get to those discussions. Stay with us. More to come on Inside Sources. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.